0: Now, back to The Larry Kudlow Show. Welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. This is The Larry Kudlow Show. And we bring in my great pal, Kevin Hassett, former chairman of the Council of Economic Advisors, distinguished visiting fellow at the Hoover Institution, and author of The Drift, Stopping America's Slide to Socialism. I call it the most important book of the 21st century, Stopping Socialism. Anyway, Kevin, thank you for doing this. We appreciate it. And I wanted to begin with your recent article in the National Review. The Fed should go back behind the Wizard of Oz's curtain. And the subheading is the Fed's poor record of forecasting economic conditions demonstrates that it shouldn't publish forecasts at all. You know, Kevin, uh, I remember... Back in the days of Paul Volcker, who used to go when he was Fed chair and he used to go before Congress and he would puff those cigars and sort of blow smoke at the senators and he would basically say nothing, give up nothing. And he believed in the element of surprise and he didn't want to tell people everything about it. And so what you're saying here is in the last uh, 30, 40 years, they now try to tell people everything, and they're always wrong. Maybe they should tell them nothing.
1: Yeah, that, that's exactly right. And and the extent to which they've been wrong is actually like, as I talk about in the article, kind of theoretically interesting in the following sense, The the Fed uh, has to sort of, take expectations about future inflation and what they say, anchor them. And so they're always forecasting that inflation a year from now is going to go back to two percent. And they do that because not that they believe it, I think, but because they're lying to people hoping to anchor their expectations and that inherent conflict means that their forecasts are just necessarily going to be awful unless you're in a, at a time when inflation is always two percent and, and so i think they should they should just stop because imagine you know if, if economic decision makers are looking at the fed forecasts and deciding whether to buy a house or to get a mortgage now or you know to buy a car then they're being misled and it's really harming people and so i think that this uh, idea that the fed knows what it's doing and that its forecasts are good is something that we should give up and And I think they should stop publishing them because the inherent conflict between anchoring expectations and then giving an accurate forecast is something that's not really resolvable, I don't think.
0: Well, you write that baseball would never consider a rule that required the pitcher to announce the type of pitch before each throw. The Fed should stop publishing its forecasts and go back behind the curtain. I mean, why... Why are their forecasts so wrong? You mentioned this Mickey Levy paper. I, I know, Mickey, a long time. Uh, why is it? I mean, they've got a lot of professional economists on the staff, not only in Washington, but around the system. Uh, what is it? Why they get it wrong? I mean, they once again, they got inflation badly, badly wrong.
1: Right. Well, I think that, there again, there are two things. One is they might really be lying. Right, so they might actually know that what they're saying is false, but they want to try to affect expectations with their forecast. But the other thing is that if you look at the Fed economists, they're kind of all, or most of them trained at like Harvard and MIT which are places that really uh, focus on Keynesian macroeconomics when Mm. they teach it, right? And and so in economics, they they have uh, this thing called, like, the saltwater schools or the freshwater schools. And the freshwater schools, like the University of Chicago, are the places Mm. that believe in supply-side economics and free markets. But everybody who's an economist at the Fed is basically trained by the socialists at Harvard.
0: Mm. Why is that? I mean, you know... Jay Powell, who served in a Republican administration, ought to know better. Why? I mean, why is that?
1: Well, I think that what happens is that in the end, the staff uh, recruits. Uh, the young people that join the staff and they tend to favor people to come from their schools. I know that Jay really thought that Rich Clarita could come in and shake things up a little bit. Mm. And and I know you and I both have a very high regard for Rich. But I think that, as you know, these bureaucratic places are so impossible to change that I don't think Rich really did much to it.
0: And you've, I mean, the other the other option is they know they're wrong, but they're trying to influence expectations to cover up that they're wrong. I mean, that's a possibility. I don't mean to be overly cynical. Look, I started my entire career at the New York Fed in open market operations. So I'm an alumnus of the Fed system. You worked for the Federal Reserve in Washington sure. for quite some time. I mean, so, you know, we don't have any uh, institutional Uh, reasons to to slam the Fed. It's just that their performance is so disappointing and it just seems like it happens time and time again.
1: Yeah, and and the other thing, too, though, is that don't forget that it's a really, really liberal institution, and an example of it is that I went to the Jackson Hole conference uh, last summer, which you might recall is the sort of Mm. big uh, powwow Mm. for all the Fed economists and policymakers in the country, and I think I was the only conservative there. Like yeah. no kidding, you know, hundreds of people. But maybe there was another conservative there, but I don't think I remember them being there. And there are just all these people that uh, you know work in Democratic administrations to go back to the Fed and believe in Keynesian economics. Don't think the supply side matters, so uh, mm. that's why they got inflation wrong and why they get things wrong. But it also could be that they're being disingenuous about the forecast.
0: So I agree. You know, I had the same ex- for years. I went to that conference for years. Um, you know, back in, uh, when Manley Johnson and Wayne Angel were on the board and then Greenspan became the chair and Alan was a friend. And in fact, I spoke on a couple panels and I remember at some point, I don't know, the mid or late nineties, Kevin, I went and looked around the <laughs> same experience that, that all the conservatives were gone <laughs> and I felt yeah. very lonely and I just stopped going. I mean, I just wouldn't go anymore. So I guess you're right.
1: There's a very and I went last year, but I haven't been invited back this year. (laughs) (laughs) I think we gotta know what, what happened. But but it is true that last year when I was there, I was very aggressive about saying that they were behind the curve on inflation. Yeah, and I think that now they know that, so maybe they don't need me this year. Yeah.
0: Yeah, well, no, it's, I think they do need you. You know, you'd make a very good Fed chairman, Kevin Hassett. You really <laughs> would. You'd make a hell of a good Fed chairman. Um, Kevin, talk. you sent this other paper to me this morning, This another National Review article, uh, where tax cuts are hot. I wanted to talk about that for a second, because you've got all these states moving towards flat tax type, you know, lower tax rates, broader tax bases, you mentioned Iowa, Mississippi, Georgia, Arizona, Idaho, then you mentioned let's see currently seven states don't have any income individual income taxes, Alaska, Florida, Nevada, South Dakota, Tennessee, Texas, and Wyoming. We did a We did a piece uh, a segment last night on the on the Fox Business show um, a Bloomberg article, Kevin. Um I guess 5 or 6 Southern states, so let me get this right, Texas, Florida, Georgia, uh, the two Carolinas, and Tennessee, uh, now have a bigger GDP than all of the Northeast. Okay, so the red states in the South have a bigger GDP than all of the blue states in the Northeast, and um, Rick Perry came on and he said, look, it's lower taxes and regulations. And you're saying in this or this article is saying uh, by Dominic Pino that the more is coming. More state tax cuts are coming.
1: Yeah, that's right. And, and, and you know, just for uh, the listeners, you know, Dominic Pino is this young kid who's really, really like a uh, supply-side economist who's, like, going to be a big future intellectual leader in our country. Mm. And if you go read his stuff at National Review, you're going to find that, you know, Rich Lowry and the team once again, they found somebody Mm. out in the wilderness that's a conservative. And and so Dominic just went and and looked at all the states and found that, Basically, you know, moderates even in the states are doing like Kudlow, uh, Steve Moore, uh, 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 in Forbes' agenda. They're cutting taxes and watching growth skyrocket. And I think the difference between the federal government and the state governments is the states are competing with each other, uh, except for the blue states, right, which are hemorrhaging people. But they're competing with each other for the location of factories and for citizens even. And because they're competing with each other, then they're forced – to pursue efficient policies and if they don't then like california they they hemorrhage businesses and hemorrhage yep. citizens yep. And, and, and so that's why states eventually have to cut taxes because if they don't then they're not going to have any new uh, factories
0: in their, in their states all right Kevin Hassett. Read Kevin's book, folks. It's called The Drift, Stopping America's Slide to Socialism. Kevin, I'm going to work on this. Hassett for Federal Reserve Chairman. I'll write this <laughs> okay. All right. Thanks, Thanks lot, very Larry. much for your time, Goodbye. folks. I'm Kudlow. We're going to take a quick break. On the other side of the break, distinguished physicist and climate expert Steve Koonin tells us why a slight increase in temperatures have no impact virtually on GDP. I'm Kudlow. We'll be right back.